This episode is powered by Safety FM. The Crucial Talks Podcast with your host, Mike Saddam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crucial Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Saddam. And if you could do me a quick favor, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast, subscribe to it, leave a nice review for it. That would help us tremendously. Also, if you have any questions for me, if you ever need to get a hold of me, I am here for you. Just reach out by visiting www.crucialtalks.com or through LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Now, I know a lot of us have a ton of things going on. We have our jobs, businesses, families, education, side hustles, and that's why we listen to things like the Crucial Talks podcast, because we want to keep growing and learning and succeeding. And today, we're going to keep doing those things, because today's guest is Glenn Garns. And Glenn also has a ton of irons in the fire. He holds a law degree from George Washington, but retired from practicing law so that he could help all of us full time. And he does this through a number of ways. First, he does it with experts on stage. And really, what he's trying to do is leverage technology and content marketing for speakers and coaching professionals, people that are out there trying to help others. He's also got a group called Small Business CEO. It's a small business think tank. And what is so cool about this, and we're going to talk to Glenn more about this, is it's really trying to replicate what some of us that grew up in small towns saw on the day-to-day, this close community of people that all want to help each other succeed. And so it's really awesome what Glenn is doing because he's an, he understands people and he understands what communities need to succeed. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Glenn Garns to the Crucial Talks podcast. How are you doing, Glenn? Hey, Mike, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. No, this is awesome. But hey, before we start uh, diving into your brain and getting some good knowledge from you, can you tell us a little bit about you and, and really how you got to this place where you are really helping other people leverage technology, leverage the strength of people to make their businesses better, to grow their lives, to be more successful? How did you, how'd you go from being a lawyer to getting where you are today? Well, you know, so you got to remember, because I am a lawyer, I'm going to put some constraints on how much time I'm going to spend on this topic so we can talk about something that really matters. But the quick, the pick, the quick backstory to me is that I grew up like most kids wanting to make their parents and family proud, was not good in math, so thought law might be a good alternative for as a profession. I assumed that if my parents were proud and I was successful at what I was doing, that I would be happy. And the truth was, I wasn't. It did not work out the way I expected. I was good at what I was doing. My bank account was full, but my heart was empty. I didn't feel like I was really making a difference in the world the way I had envisioned as a child growing up. You know, all the grandiose visions that we have for how we can make a difference get kind of trampled on once we get into the real world and people start telling us about all the limitations on what we're able to do. And in that vein, I made a very important decision back in 2000, uh, actually made the decision back in 2002 took me two years to transition out of the practice of law because of how active our practice was. But I made the decision at that point that I was going to teach people how to generate business through referrals. And I had a program called Referral University. It was three CDs and a workbook. So that was my first entree into teaching, educating, speaking on a more formal basis with the intention of helping people become better at who they are and what they do related 
to being the rainmaker in their business. And so if you fast forward to today, that decision was a crossroads for me. And it was a very important moment in time because it has led us to what we do today, which is that we've created an internet television and radio network designed to help people invest in themselves through personal development. That's what you were alluding to earlier. Experts on stage is our speaking and coaching uh, professional platform that helps people get connected to small, uh, to, uh, to speakers and coaching professionals can help them with virtually any aspect of personal development, self-help education they can think of. And small business CEO is our small business, uh, I'll call it ecosystem that's specifically designed to help small business owners come together where they can have conversations that help to advance themselves and everyone else in their circle of influence. So I left the practice of law because I saw a bigger role for me, a bigger thing that I could do that would make a bigger impact for people because representing people in front of juries was just not the fastest way to make a difference as far as I was concerned. Well, and I love what you're saying because, I mean, the statement you made about your bank account was full, but your heart was empty. I think that can resonate with a lot of people. And while we get started here, I like to talk about that just a little bit because what it sounds to me you're saying is that this kind of this focus on the mo- the money, the monetary drivers, the market, the thinking you have the nicer car or the bigger house or the nicer clothes makes you successful, which will then lead to happiness. I think that's been sold to people. And I think it's a detriment to how people actually think and behave. So when you're talking about your heart was empty, what does that actually mean to people? I mean, is that is that something that you think a lot of us have a problem with? Because I, me, it's resonating with me that we're doing things that maybe don't engage us emotionally and doesn't make our heart full, which means no matter what we do without that, we're just not going to be happy if we're just searching for the money all the time. So, so I, I am both happy and disappointed that I was not the only one that had been sold that bill of goods. I'm disappointed only because I know there are other people going through that where, you know, we were told growing up, you can be anything you want to be. But then when we choose what we want to be, somehow the pressure becomes, well, why don't you go to med school? Why don't you go? Well, wait a minute. I thought you said I could be anything I wanted to be. <laughs> you know, are you only going to support the things that I, that, that, that meet your criteria? That's usually a parent or, or a family member that's, that's putting that kind of pressure. But I guess the point I'm trying to make, <clears throat> excuse me, is that, I knew that there were other people who, whose story was the same as mine, which is that they went into a particular endeavor, a particular career path, and were not finding satisfaction in it. But they felt like they had, they felt like tr- they were trapped. They had to stay in it for fear, mostly for fear of what other people would think. I don't ever want to have a role in having people feel locked in to a fear that's based on what other people think. So the happy part is that I know that I made a very important, a very uncomfortable decision, but a very important decision that has, I will never second guess it because it unlocked a path to happiness that, that just is second to none for me. I mean, I found a way to make money doing something I actually saw making a difference. And that is out there for anybody that will make the choice. What we have to do is to learn how to allow ourselves to be deprogrammed from what societal expectations have planted in us and allow our hearts to be the catalyst or be, be the uh, barometer, the GPS, if you will, for what we choose to give our time and attention to. So for me, I'm, I'm trying to be a model for how 
to overcome the concept of living with the lifestyle you currently have versus creating the lifestyle that you truly deserve. And so that's where the happiness comes from. So the disappointment is that other people have to go through this. The happiness is that I'm here to help you. Well, and I think that leads us into this next topic, just because of the fact, I love what you said. You said that we feel this pressure, right? We feel a pressure to fit into this mold that maybe other people make for us. And that a lot of what we do is based on the fear of what other people will think if we change direction or if we don't do this certain thing. And it, to me, just shows us the power of people, that it truly is the connection between people and the groups we belong to and the roles we adopt and the behaviors we have to sign those rules that drives our behavior. Now, there's a negative side to that, which we just talked about, but you're also talking about a positive side to that. And that's where I'd like to go next because I've heard you talk about it before. We've, we've talked about it uh, between us before this episode, but this idea of connection and the art of connection and the power of connection between people. What does that do for us? How does that help us? Because I know that's what you're doing in your in your businesses and, and how you help people. What does it actually do having that connection with other people in this kind of strength-based positive approach that we're kind of going into now? So I think I think it's probably accurate to say that one of the reasons that people experience fear in making a change in their lives, especially a change that is not being supported by people they consider to be close to them, family members, friends, colleagues, classmates, anybody that you consider to be in your inner circle, if they're not being supportive of what you want to do, you have a tendency to kind of tamp down, if you will, your desires to do certain things before fear that you might have to go out there and do it on your own. And so in a lot of ways, what we're talking about is that the biggest challenge we face in life and, and, and especially for business owners, and I, and I know you want to talk about this, but the biggest challenge that we face in life as business owners is isolation, not being around or in the company of other people that share our vision, that share our passions, that share our view of how life should be. And sometimes we end up creating that because we choose to be in a circle of influence of people for whom that isn't a priority. And and so as a general rule, you'll find, and I think that this is probably true for a large number of people, that if you're in the company of your parents, if that's your primary support system, and your parents are employment people, meaning that they have always worked for someone else, that's their body of experience. They're probably not going to be as supportive or as understanding or as helpful if you decide you want to go into business because they have no frame of reference with that. Plus they probably stayed in employment because they saw they, they were fearful of going into business for what they perceived to be all the risks associated with it. So if it's really in your heart to be in business, you need to surround yourself with business people who can tell you the stories and help you navigate the potholes and help you understand how to go from point A to point B because they've actually done it. And there's no reason for them to fear it because they can show you exactly what the formula was to go from point A to point B because that's their frame of reference. So isolation is probably the biggest challenge we face, not just in business, but in life generally, but especially for entrepreneurs, especially for business owners, because 99% of the world is taught to go work for someone else. So that doesn't leave a lot of people out here for you to have collaboration with or have conversations with that are talking about doing your own thing. Does that make sense? 
Oh, it totally does. Because, I mean, I, I even think, and I've heard other people say it, so it's definitely not my idea, but even our school systems are kind of are kind of built around that, right? We come out of the Industrial Revolution and all this stuff with manufacturing, all that, where people are working for others. And there really wasn't a big push on people starting their own businesses because they were always working for others. But nowadays, it seems like there's so much opportunity for people to start their own thing, even if they're not even doing it full time. Like a guy like me is kind of doing some of this on the side on his own. But you're right. The pool of people to draw from to actually use as a model of behavior. And I love how you put that earlier because you're, you are basically a prototype for other people to look to on, hey, how do you get out of your own way? How do you get out of the rut? How do you build something that does fill your heart with joy and does make you happy? So I love where you're going here because if isolation is the biggest problem for entrepreneurs and business owners, how do we solve that? How do we create the opportunities now from this issue of isolation? How do we overcome that? We overcome that, Mike, by doing exactly what you're doing, exactly what I'm doing, exactly what visionary people are doing every day around the world. If isolation is the root of the problem, communication is the solution. And today, being in communication with more people who support and who are pursuing and who nurture our ideas, our approaches, our desires, that's what needs to be done. You have to be willing to say to your parents, I love you, but I can't spend a lot of time with you when I'm interested in pursuing these topics or these things because A, you've got no experience that adds value to what I'm doing. I'm not, if, I, if I needed foot surgery, dad, I wouldn't be coming to you. You're not a foot surgeon. That doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means that you can't be helpful to me with this particular thing that I have in my heart to do. And we'll both, we'll both have to be okay with that, okay? But I am going to go over here and be in the company of other people, preferably foot surgeons, who can help me with this desire I have to learn how to be a foot surgeon or whatever. So the point is we have to first recognize that if we have it in our heart to do something, we need to be around people who nurture and support our efforts to do that. And we have to be willing to do that unapologetically. There should be absolutely no guilt in you being selective about who you choose to spend your time with. You should actually feel guilty about not making that choice. Because if you have it in your heart to do something and you don't position yourself to do it, that's what you should feel guilty about. Not about the judgment of somebody who wanted you to be sitting on the couch next to them doing nothing, or not about someone who wanted you to give up your dreams because it was too risky as they saw it. You should be guilty about not pursuing what's in your heart. Your heart is the best barometer for what's going to make you happy in life. And if you ignore it, you kind of deserve the outcome that you create when you choose to ignore it, you know? So that's how I see it. But here's the thing. You, I know you're, I know that this endeavor that you have is something you perceive as being part-time, but I'm telling you right now that it's probably going to be the biggest thing that you do in your life because you have the ability to impact the masses. Anybody can listen to your radio show anywhere in the world where they can get access to the internet. And frankly, they don't even have to have access to the internet. If they have access to an MP3 player. Somebody can download this and give it to them. But here's the point. You say, do you have that same opportunity in your full-time employment? So even though you're doing this part-time currently, you actually have a greater opportunity to impact the world with this communications tool, with this program. You're sharing ideas and information that a lot of people would not have access to, but for your decision, to make this a focus of your attention. 
Well, that is great. I mean, that already starts motivating me to do more of this kind of stuff because from me, what I hear you saying, and this is from my lens as somebody who believes in how we transform as people, the, the importance of social groups, because what I hear you saying is we have to be able to surround our, ourselves with the people that are going to be able to bring us to that next level. But here's the problem I think a lot of people have and that a lot of people are scared of. It is difficult to find the foot surgeons, right? It's difficult to find the entrepreneurs. It's difficult to find the people like yourself for others to collaborate with, to be in community with. But it also sounds like technology and what what you're able to do and what you've been successful with is levering technology to kind of replicate these tight groups that we've been a part of as human beings for eons. But now with technology, you're able to help people leverage that to kind of to replicate that tight knit group of people that think alike, people that share values, people that can teach us, people that can act as role models, people that can help others through technology. Is that what you're seeing in, in your business? Yeah, there's that and then some. So, so let me address two things that you that you said here that I think are real important for people to not just let that go over their head. Number one, you said it's difficult for people to find the right foot, to find the foot surgeons, to find the people to be around. And I would tell you that I have a special definition of hard, difficult, whatever you want to call it. I actually, I actually define easy as something you can do without extraordinary effort. Easy for me means I can do it without extraordinary effort. Now, does it require some effort? Of course. Does it require above average or more than average effort? Yes. But I consider it to be easy as long as it doesn't require extraordinary effort. So today, I have to say that there has never been a better time for people who are looking to be in the company of like-minded people to find their tribes. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of groups of startup and early stage company owners online and discussion forums and groups on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and everywhere else you look. Okay. You have to go out and do the research, which is easy because it doesn't require extraordinary effort, but it does require you to do something more than the person that's sitting next to you worried about how bad life is because everything seems to be so damn difficult. The bottom line is that if it's difficult, it's worth doing because it means that you're going to put yourself in rare company compared to all the people who saw the difficulty instead of the opportunity. You know, Jim Rohn talks about that. Some people see difficulty in every opportunity and some people see opportunity in every difficulty. If you can be that latter person, then you've already distinguished yourself and put yourself on a path to success because of how many people won't follow you down the path. It's just up to you to find the other people who will. And today, with the communications tools we have in place, we have podcasting, we have internet television, we have just discussion forums, live stream events where you can, part, you can be part of any kind of conversation you want today with a few button clicks on your computer. Now, how difficult can that really be? Yeah, and I think the difficulty is really in our brain. And that's what I love about what you said, because basically, I, I've said this so many times, I think people are probably tired of hearing me say it. But I talk about the fact that the lenses we wear to view our worlds impact our decisions. And what you just said was you can look at something as a difficulty. You can look at it as a problem or you change your lens and you can look at it as an opportunity. I love how you said that because it's, it really does come down to I could be standing right next to you looking at the same thing unfolding in front of us. 
and we can experience it a completely different way. I love what you said there. Well, let me add, let me, let me kind of add on to what you just added on to, because this is a, this is an important part of what these communications technologies are. A lot of people think podcasting is cool and it is, but the reason it's cool is because it allows people to engage in a conversation. And if the conversation is about ideas and that makes it even cooler because now someone is going to learn something. We're learning from each other and we're also sharing wisdom with other people who are just flies on the wall listening to this conversation take place. I'm sitting here taking notes. I, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be interviewed as a guest. Everyone thinks that that means that you're the expert. You're the one that has all the knowledge. The truth is that I'm learning from you as we're having this conversation. So it's a two-way street. But here's, here's my point. You know, when people get together to have conversations, it, it just opens up a whole new world. And that's why it's so important to be in the company of others. You never want to be in a situation where you allow yourself, your, po- your possibilities to be limited because you don't choose to participate in the conversation. And so podcasting, live streaming events where you can comment on Facebook as, as it's happening, those are all opportunities for us to all participate in the conversation. We all have the ability to add value in each other's lives when we become part of the conversation. Now, the second thing I wanted to add, which is real important, is this. Societal conditioning is a form of brainwashing. And guess what? There is nothing wrong with brainwashing. The issue isn't whether brainwashing is wrong. The issue is what are you washing your brain with? Because self-improvement, self-help education, personal development is another form of brainwashing. It has a tendency to have you come out cleaner on the other end and less clouded and cluttered. But here's my point. You have to make the conscious choice as to what you choose to wash your brain with. You have to decide what software you install on your hard drive. You cannot leave that up to someone else to decide for you. And when you follow what society wants, what your parents want, what your friends think you should do, you're letting someone else decide what software goes on your computer, which is why you generally end up being unhappy with the result unless you were in agreement with what they were recommending to you. But you know in your heart before the software gets installed, whether it's right for you or not, whether you allow it to be installed after that is then going to determine your happiness. So I like to think that if you're in control of your hard drive, you should be very guarded about what software you allow to be installed on your computer. You should make the choice and you should know why you're choosing it. Yeah, I love how you said that. I mean, the story you're telling, the the narrative you're telling, the pictures you're developing in my mind, and I'm sure in all the listeners' minds, is this idea that societal conditioning is really these, these things we put on, into our own minds because I've said this before, that we are social storytellers. And the fact that people are the only social being on the entire planet that can fabricate reality with each other and with ourselves is super important. And it's exactly what you're saying because, one, you said that, hey, we have to be ready to engage in that conversation if we're ready to communicate, if we take that opportunity to communicate, if we knock the fear out of our way to communicate, but then we understand that societal conditioning does happen and that brain brainwashing really it has a negative connotation, but it's really how we learn and how we see the world around us and how we sense make and then ultimately how we make decisions. It's super important to realize that all of that happens because of communication, not just communication with each other, but communication with ourselves. I mean, I just think that that has so much value in it for people just to understand that what you think is right today 
is may not be making you happy, but you're making decisions based on that because you've been conditioned and you've been told and you believe the stories that have been told to you. And now you're filtering everything you see in the world through maybe that, that wrong software, right? Like maybe you need a software upgrade. Maybe you need to change your operating system a little bit. <laughs> All right. So I love, the, I love the computer and technology analogy because that's why we were here in the first place to talk about technology and how to use it. So, so yeah, absolutely. So think of this. Brainwashing is really a neutral concept. It's neither good nor bad. The issue is what are you washing your brain with, as I previously said? Let, let me let me give another analogy I know a lot of people can relate to. We always have this debate over whether the glass is half empty or half full. You've, you've heard that one before, of course. Of course. Okay. So there are people that will debate over is the glass half empty or glass full or half full. And you know, my thing is it doesn't matter until you know what's in the glass. What's in the glass? If the glass is filled with garbage, whether it's half empty or half full, you need to empty that glass. If the glass is filled with goodness, now we can talk about whether the merits of, you know, filling it further, having it overflow with abundance to other people is important. But until you know what's in the glass, it doesn't matter whether it's half full or half empty. Because the glass being half full or half empty is a neutral concept until you know what's in the glass. What you put in your glass, what you put in your, on your hard drive, the software you choose, the people you choose to associate with, the ideas you choose to pursue in your life, that's what determines whether your action is worth anything or not. Because if you're pursuing the wrong things, it doesn't matter how active you are. It doesn't matter how many people who you're hanging out with until you determine the quality of what's coming from that effort. And that's all we're talking about here is that, you know, like I said, I was practicing law. I was making a lot of money. I was working with a relatively limited number of people compared to what I wanted, to, who I wanted to impact. So even though the money was good and there was good coming from what I was doing, the good coming from what I was doing, what wasn't the good I wanted to offer into the world. I didn't want to talk to six or 12 jury, jury, jurors at a time on behalf of one client. I wanted to impact thousands of people and not have to worry about whether I was going to be there in front of the jury or not. So the point I'm trying to make is that I was in the wrong vehicle practicing law for the impact that I wanted to have on the world. So now I'm in the right vehicle. My heart is full. My bank account is getting more and more full every day. But the point is that I am extremely excited about what I do versus getting up in the morning and dreading what I do. Yeah, and I think that's another valuable lesson for everybody listening. Because what I don't want people to think is, hey, you know, Glenn and I are talking about how you should be an entrepreneur and how you should run your own business and all this stuff. No, we're really talking about, look, you may be completely happy working for somebody, working in government, working in, a, in somebody else's company being a volunteer, whatever it is. But I think this is a valuable concept because even though you're focused on helping small business owners and you're focused on helping speakers and coaches, the thought process that goes into it is valuable for everyone because it really does matter what's in your glass. I mean, if you hold value because you're part of a, of a company that's doing good things and you enjoy that, then more power to you because you're you're still doing what we're talking about here. You're still focusing on the right software on the computer, the right outputs for the right inputs, and you're, you're really doing what is filling your heart. So we're not saying you have to be an entrepreneur to be happy. What we're saying is you have to have the right stuff in your glass, right? Yeah, and, and, and so let's be clear. 
when we, we, we had this conversation a little while ago, we were talking about the biggest challenge facing entrepreneurs was isolate, being isolated, but that's true for anybody. And I'm so glad right. that we broadened it to that. But let me be clear about something. I am not poo-pooing or bad-mouthing people that are full-time employed in a job. I'm, I'm bad-mouthing and poo-pooing people who are full-time employed in a job and not loving it. <laughs> right. If you right. make a choice to be in a job, make sure it's making your heart sing. That's the message. Not, I'm not telling you don't get a job. I'm just telling you don't get a job you hate. <laughs> you know? and, and also, open up your mind to see the possibilities that, okay, I have a full-time job doing X, which I love, but I also have this other thing that I love and how can I figure out how to do both? If you love your job and love what you do and love the stability, the income, that is fantastic. And you should pursue that. But you shouldn't pursue it if it's draining the life out of you. I'm talking to the people who are doing things that are not serving them and complaining about it or feeling limited by it. You have the power to change that and you have a responsibility to change it because your happiness in life pours over to other people. You see, I wasn't a very pleasant person to be around when I was practicing law because I didn't enjoy what I was doing. It's kind of hard for me to help other people enjoy what they're doing. And I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. You know, I needed, a, if I was a therapist, it'd be hard for me to be a therapist for someone else when I needed a therapist worse than the people that were coming to me. You know, that, that kind of thing. So all I'm saying is open your mind to possibilities. If you choose to be employed full-time, that is fantastic. Just make sure it's your choice, not someone else's choice for you. And Look at the other opportunities that there are out here for you to do your so-called side hustle, you know? I mean, your podcast doesn't take 40 hours a week, so obviously you're able to have the best of both worlds. You've got your full-time employment and you've got your, your, your podcast, which is your communications vehicle to the world, and you can be happy doing both because you don't have to sacrifice and choose between them. A lot of times we like to position ourselves to force-fed force an either-or choice. Start asking yourself, why not both instead of either or? And you'll find that your life will open up in ways you never dreamed possible. Well, I think that's a great place to kind of wrap up this episode. But while we do, I want to focus on that thing you just said and have you leave us with one key takeaway on what we can start doing today as soon as we're done listening to this episode to have an impact on it. Because you said that we as people have the power and the responsibility to change the situation we're in. And there's a lot of power that comes with choice. So your advice to anybody out there, what can we do today that will help us take that one step forward? And I don't care if it's a, you know, a step that's three feet in length or three inches in length, it's a step forward. What can somebody do that's listening to this do right now to kind of take that first step to try to start building momentum to make that choice to change what's going on in their life? What can they do? So I, I think that the fastest thing I, or the, the best thing I can tell you is to be honest and transparent with yourself about what it's going to take to make you happy. You cannot, you, know, you, you may be able to lie to other people, but you can't lie to yourself. You know, before the words come out of your mouth, whether you truly believe them or not. And the truth is that the energy that you send them out with is how they're typically received by others. So believe it or not, people know when you're not being transparent either. But I think that the most important thing for you to do is take some time to think about what you really want your life to be about, regardless of whether you think you can do it. You see, whether you can do it or not do it is irrelevant until you decide that you would want to do it. But once you decide to do something, the way, the how in doing it, 
starts to reveal itself after you've determined that you want to do it. You know, one of my mentors, Bob Proctor, used to tell, used to tell people, and, and I, I don't know if he ever mentioned it to me, but I was in the company of other people when he said this, which is people would say, well, I don't have the money to do that. And he said, well, you don't need the money. You haven't decided to do it yet. And until you decide to do it, you don't need the money. So why don't you decide whether you're going to do it and then you'll figure out how to get the money. I was like, Bob, that was probably one of those brilliant things I've ever heard. And it's absolutely true because I have never seen someone who really wanted to do something, not figure out how to come up with the money for it. You see, you, so, so you have to decide what do you want to do? Now, now Mike, if it's okay with you, I, I don't know whether this is appropriate to share out here or not, but in our, in our, in our organization, uh, abundant society is our forward facing brand to the general community. We have some free resources that are available. We call it the Abundant Society Life Plan Blueprint. And it, it shares and models a three-step process that was articulated by Dr. Napoleon Hill on how to accomplish anything in your life. It's just three simple steps. Decide what you want to do and be clear about it. You have clarity about what you want to do. The second step is to develop a plan for how you're going to do it. And the third step is what we've been talking about here. Decide who you're going to invite to cooperate with you to make it, make it happen. That's why isolation is the biggest challenge facing entrepreneurs and people generally, is that we know what we want to do. We have a plan for how we're going to do it, but we have no idea who can help us because we haven't given thought to it. But if you can follow those three steps, you can create anything you want in your life as long as you're clear about what you want to do. You have an idea about how to go about doing it and you invite some other people that know more about you that can guide you and support your efforts. So if people on the show, if people listening to this broadcast are interested in finding out more about that process, we're going to do that for you for free. All you have to do is go to www.tipsonsuccess.com, www.tipsonsuccess.com. And when you get there, you just fill in the form with your name and your email address and you'll automatically be, be, be emailed the life plan blueprint process. It includes a video that explains how to fill out the form, how to get your ideas down on paper. Everything you need to do what Mike and I have been talking about today is in that three-step process and it's available to you at absolutely no obligation. Oh, that's awesome, Glenn. I think a lot of people will appreciate that free gift because it really does it does narrow down everything we've talked about today, including that first and most important tip you just told us, which is be self-aware, be transparent to yourself, take the time to understand yourself first, and then you can start taking these positive steps. So I love how you kind of wrap that up. Let's, let's go out there, let's figure out who we are, and then we can use this three-step process, decide what to do and be clear about it, develop a plan, and decide who you're going to be on this journey with. I think that's so awesome to kind of wrap up the episode. So Glenn, as we kind of end this thing, how do people get a hold of you? Where can they get more information about you? What other resources besides tipsonsuccess.com do you offer? How do they get a hold of you when they want to know more about stuff you've been talking about today? All right. So if you Google me, you can get a hold of me because I've been on the internet long enough that it's hard to escape people who are not looking for me. <laughs> uh, but it, but it, the point is that the easiest way to get a hold of me is probably to get on the mailing list at tipsonsuccess.com, get those resources. Because I'm the one that replies and sends out all my contact information is available to you when you get on that mailing list. Another way to do it is to simply text Six, uh, text the word Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, -N, that's my first name, 
to 69696. When you text the word Glenn to 69696, you're going to receive a link to my virtual business card that has all the information you could ever want to know to get in touch with me. <laughs> if you find one thing that you want to do to get in touch with me that's not on that business card, then something's wrong. <laughs> so if you text the word Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, -N, to 69696, you'll be able to get a link back that will, that will reveal my virtual business card and give you more ways than you'll ever want to know on how you can connect with me. And I would love for you to do that. I'd love to get connected to new people. I, I, I'm very active on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and others. And, and, and I really cherish the relationships I have with my so-called, you know, virtual friends. You'd be surprised how virtual friends can be the best friends you've ever had, especially when they are supporting and nurturing the things that you have in your heart to do. So it all starts with making those virtual friends turn into real friends. And I'm inviting everyone that's listening now to do that by texting the word Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, -N, to 69696. And I'll look forward to getting connected to you when you choose to do so. That is awesome. Well, Glenn, thank you so much for being on the Crucial Talks podcast. This has really been really an eye-opener for me. I've learned a lot from it. Um, I always learn from you. You know that. But it's great to have you on the show to interview you, to have this conversation that now everybody that listens can get the same benefit from. So I will put links to tipsonsuccess.com. I will put the information about texting Glenn to 69696. I'll put all that information in the show notes. Again, Glenn, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Mike, it's always a pleasure when we get together because you are truly my brother from another mother and you are the perfect example of what happens when people get together to discuss ideas. Yeah, well, this has been awesome. And everybody out there, if you get a chance, I'd love for you to visit me at the Crucial Talks website at www.crucialtalks.com. Feel free to connect with me via email, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can find me in any of those places and I'm always here for you. So whenever you have a question, please reach out. If you need anything from me, do not hesitate. Also, the more you can share the podcast, review it, rate it, it would be great to continue to build the community of people who want to understand themselves and understand other people. So have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Please review, share, and subscribe to the Crucial Talks podcast. Visit CrucialTalks.com.